The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. Sequel Quest, episode 109. A sequel chat movie review of Rambo Last Blood. Warning, Sequel Chat is a movie lover's podcast featuring discussions of the latest cinematic sequels in theaters now. These weekend of release reviews are spoiler-filled and highly flammable, so please use caution when listening. You have been warned. All right, well, he is not the A-Team, but this week in theaters, if you braved Nam. If you braved Afghanistan or anywhere else in the world that this man has been, we went and saw him in Mexico and Arizona. This is Rambo Last Blood. Yay, Arizona represent. Except it was filmed. I saw Portugal in the credits. Yeah, it was all filmed in Portugal. (laughs) I was, that kind of irked me. (laughs) Did not notice that. (laughs) Uh, You had to stay through the credits. Yeah, get that. <laughs> All right. In theaters, or at least our studio with me this week is Adam and Colton. Howdy, howdy. What's going on? So where are you guys with the Rambo franchise? Adam, as our elder statesman here. <laughs> well, uh, I, I will pre I will, I will preface this by saying that if you want to hear a very detailed, in-depth uh, coverage of the entire Rambo franchise that included me and my experiences. I very much recommend that you go over to the Nerd Lunch podcast feed and find their recent Fourth Chair Army episode, wherein I got down and dirty with Rambo. Man, we talked and had a great conversation over there, broke down all the films leading up to this one. And I will just say that for me, I did not grow up in a family where action films were being shown at all. Uh, We did not go to theaters to see uh, Schwarzenegger or Stallone or anybody. Uh, You know, when I saw a Schwarzenegger film or something like that, it was Kindergarten Cop. When I saw a Stallone film, you know, it's like, stop or my mom will shoot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not seeing (laughs) Prime Stallone. And so... I have one question about that podcast, though. Did you guys cover the Rambo animated series? Absolutely. (laughs) You have done well. Yeah. As a kid, that's pretty much all I do. So in the years that have passed in my adulthood, I caught up with the Rambo franchise. And now I have seen every film and felt very prepared going into this one. So I have some uh, some opinions to share as we get down into it. Well, good, because I am probably the least experienced with this franchise. Um, I, I know it culturally, but not really from watching. So this was um, an interesting viewing going in. <laughs> uh colton uh, where where do you sit with it somewhere in between uh, i want to say about five years ago approximately M- maybe four and a half i don't remember exactly I, I believe the amc cable network had the rights to the films and they showed all of them and i decided to just binge them all and i got to admit my attention span wasn't always the best but i remember first blood really stayed with me as this portrait of a guy who's already haunted by vietnam and still dealing with people wanting to bully and follow him and torture him until finally he kind of has to torture them back. And, you know, that stayed with me. Like, that was really high-quality filmmaking. And I kind of gave a pass to all the other films because, well, he's trying to help out people who've been downtrodden by civilization, and I can't really argue against that. Um the the last film that came out in 2008, I hardly remember anything about it because, I don't know, it, it, it felt like a stunt that he was doing to just basically revive something. And um, not to skip too far ahead, but with the current film, I like that he didn't put on the bandana again. I like that he kept his hair short because I have to admit in the, la- in the previous film, he looked ridiculous, still trying to sport long hair with a, with a band around his head. I just <laughs> feel like. When decades go by, people's looks change. It is a natural thing, and to hold on to that felt a little bit desperate. So I appreciated about this film that it showed that Rambo really had moved on and that you know he didn't try to go for the same cliche image he had before. He went for the grizzled yet lean uh, older man. 
Yeah, and Colton, I'm I'm right with you. I mean, ultimately, I think all you ever need to see from Rambo is Last Blood. Oh, sorry, is First Blood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, am I, am I showing my hand on the review here? No. Right, you but gotta see the first, yeah. and then you get the gist of what's going on. Yeah, but I mean, like, yeah. as far as like a film with actual substance, with you know something to say, that is First Blood. I mean, it is actually if you want to just have some respect for Sylvester Stallone and realize, oh, there was a time he would actually act. Like there was a time he had some sort of character and range. Like if you're assuming that Rambo is just Rocky with a gun, you're wrong. Like That's in the true. first film, you see that John Rambo is character who is struggling and has a point of view and has you know this you know internal uh you know conflict that he's dealing with that's just being exacerbated by circumstances in the country he's come back to just like colton was you know mentioning to us but to me like if you want the pop culture version of Rambo, you go to Rambo First Blood Part Two. I mean, that's right. what we all know <laughs> as Rambo. But there, and, and it is a very enjoyable film just from an action perspective. Mm-hmm. But again, there's not a whole lot there other than it does actually feel like a continuation of First Blood from the perspective of Rambo was a POW in Vietnam. What's he got to do? Go back and rescue these POWs, these men that were left behind. And, you know, he's got to fight bureaucracy and all these other things in order to actually make that happen. So, like, that's another one where, like, okay, it makes sense. But uh, by the third film. Yeah. Being being dragged back into open conflict, his uh, commander, whoever it is, uh, Trout? Troutman, yeah. Troutman, yeah. Uh, how is he still in active duty at his age? <laughs> doesn't make a whole lot of sense, yeah. does it? It's like, uh, well, uh, he's our tether to Rambo, so we have right. to. Stallone was on the record saying that he strictly did Rocky Five for the money, and he's ashamed of that. And I always huh. wondered if Rambo Three was a similar deal. Oh, I'm, you know? I'm sure it was. I mean, well, if you look at the posters also, like by Rambo three, like it, Rambo two, like he's in action. You know, everything's going on. The, Rambo three is literally just him posing in a tank top. You know, <laughs> he's just like, it's me. I'm going to be in this movie. You know, it's just like you just you don't see any purpose in the character. And he literally doesn't throughout the film. It's just kind of like, yes, OK, let's blow up. I mean, at the time, it was it was the film that contained the most deaths on screen of any film ever produced. It was also the most expensive film produced up to that point until it was built by or beat by Back to the Future Part Two the next year. Yeah, which is crazy. Wait, wait, Rambo three was <laughs> uh-huh. at the time the most expensive movie ever made yep i mean there were a lot of explosions in that movie but i didn't know it was wow hey explosions are expensive i know lots of helicopters i didn't think you could set any records with them unless you were michael bay (laughs) (laughs) it's probably what inspired michael bay yeah yeah but like but going to you know the 2008 rambo film I like Colton. You said you didn't remember much about that. I mean, I can only remember Res- the extreme violence. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like story wise, some guy's throat out with his bare hand. Yep, <laughs> he had to one up that in this film. We'll get to that, but it, but it's like to me, like that film was so intense that you're just like, wow, like, I don't know what to think at this point because I mean, you got kids being killed in that movie, like, it is very very extreme and i will say with this film the one thing i did appreciate about it is that they held back from a lot of things they could have done there were a lot of things alluded to Mm -hmm. uh but i feel like they did not show as far as you know violence against innocent people they did not uh they did not go there and i remember vividly classy advertising for the previous rambo movie in 08 they used that song uh, bodies by drowning pool let the bodies <laughs> at the floor and i didn't get that same vibe from this movie this movie seemed to take its violence a little bit more seriously right and not 100 percent glorified you know mm-hmm, absolutely jeremy do you have a plot synopsis for us uh no not officially uh it's basically taken plus home alone versus the cartels <laughs> Uh, I mean that that's right. a plot summary and yeah that that gets you up to speed 
Um, and from here on out, we are going full spoilers. So if you've not seen it and you want to go see it unspoiled, go. I've probably already spoiled it by telling you those two things. Well, I think we should address your your statement that it's Home Alone because that is that was echoed uh, an echo of a statement made by Mickey on the Retro Network podcast when, when they were discussing the trailer. He's like, "Looks like Home Alone with Rambo. I'm in." And uh, I, based on the trailers, that is what it looked like, right? They seem to just focus on the traps and everything taking place at the farm. But there's a whole hour-long movie prior to that, right? <laughs> and they and did it's, not advertise. Yeah, well, and and apparently there was an international version that was 11 minutes longer. Ah, um, ooh. The I now, thought that it had a very brisk runtime. Well, <laughs> you, t- you take out the credits, that movie is barely 80 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Um, the Now Playing Network, they they described or they found a, a description of it. And basically, the 11 minutes that were cut out was a scene at the beginning. So it's not any of the, the missing links or anything that's within that you're like, something's missing from the script here. Um, it, it wasn't taken out at that point. Uh, but the international version, the... The original opening scene has uh, there's a flood in Arizona and the cops aren't going after this couple that's trapped in the flood and Rambo dives in and saves one of the two. And so that's kind of weighing on his mind and triggering his PTSD a little bit. And and we kind of get that a little more throughout the rest of the movie, but without much to go off of like it, the scene doesn't tie in to the rest of it yeah it's just like it's just here's rambo the scene that uh, after all these years he's still thinking of other people he hasn't totally isolated himself from society i would have liked to have seen that well and, well, and I, I think that's part of it is we we do see that he's on medication and, yeah. and i'm sure it's some ssris or psychological medication my guess is either stuff for anxiety or psychotropics uh, well, see, definitely for, for the ptsd heart. that's what i assumed oh. i thought it was some type of heart medication <laughs> no 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 i'm i'm pretty sure it's to do with his ptsd and and it helps him keep that at bay because that's the beast that he's got inside it's he's like the hulk but he can take medication to keep the Hulk at bay until the cartel ticks him off enough. And that's when he decides to throw away the pills and just let it come out. Well, that, but that's one of the many things that because of the brisk runtime, so many things are left unexplained. And the very first is the core of it all. And maybe you guys heard more than I heard, but the core or, or did you not have element uh, of this? Yeah, did you not have subtitles on yours, Adam? <laughs> Would have been nice. Yeah, there's uh, a, there's a lot of Spanish in this. Um yes. and so he does he's living on his dad's ranch training horses. He does some great work with horses in this movie. He's also living with another woman and her niece we find out the father has run off from the family back to mexico and the mother died of cancer so basically rambo's been a father figure to this girl yeah gabrielle right yeah gabriella gabriella what did not make sense to me though is what was the relationship like why was he friends with her mother with the aunt like why did they live on his farm like there was it, I assume it had something, you know, like you you don't see a flashback. You don't really get the story of where did they meet Rambo? How do they know Rambo? It's just this is where right. he's at now. Um, this is we, his family. He's at peace. And yeah, that's we what also, we're supposed to take from it. Yeah, we also don't see the, the names, or at least I didn't catch them, uh, the other names that are on the gravestones. I'm assuming one is for his father um, right. and one for her mother. Could be for his mother. Oh, yeah, her mother or his yeah, mother. Yeah, her mother, I mean, likely. Yeah. Um, and so this in the small town of Bowie, Arizona, uh, Bowie, like the knife, then, uh, yeah. So, so we don't get any background really on how this motley crew of people all are all living under the same roof. Um, we do get a little fill in that apparently her parents family were friends with Rambo for a while because her father was drunk and laying a hand on her mother and Rambo stepped in. He references that later on in the movie that he wished he would have just snapped his neck at that point rather <laughs> yeah, than what, letting, what, that letting him That being said, though, like the lack of backstory to me still is, you know, 
it's trumped just in, in the state, you know, if, if we're going to say, did we enjoy it? Could you still believe the relationship? I thought the performance between, you know, the, the relationship that was portrayed by Stallone and his co-star, in this case, the girl playing Gabriella was believable. I thought they were both very likable. I thought their whole relationship where he's got his tunnels that he's dug all over, you know, his farm and that he lets her friends go party in there, you know, like, so he, he has like, <laughs> Like these this connection to her where he's gonna he's gonna do things he would never do for anybody else for her and, and you understand she's just a kid she just wants to have fun like you, you see like the lighter side of rambo and in, in that way even though he's still obviously uh dealing with some things you know but he keeps it under wraps as he says later on he keeps a lid on it that yeah uh, the delivery of that line was just like wow it's almost like a threat <laughs> Maybe not directly against her, but just against the world in general, mm-hmm. letting her know, you know, we got to keep the stable life that we have or else the lid comes off. Well, yeah. and also he's he spent most of his life trying to get away from that. Like the originally the military created him as a monster of war. And he, ever since he's been trying to keep a lid on it. And it's only when he's pushed to the limit where he loses control or just lets it out of the box. So I can see that now, I mean, removed from Rambo 3 when he was super brutal, uh, you're looking 20, 30 some odd years. I mean, Stallone's 73. Yeah, well, that brings up another thing that I was hoping that this film would deal with, because like Colton was talking about with the 2008 Rambo, it was a little ridiculous that, you know, even back then, you know, he's he's 60 something and he is there's no doubt in his mind that he could take out this entire army of people. Right. Like he's there's no concern. Like I'm getting older. I maybe have lost a step. Nothing. I know what I have to do. I will take them all out. And then this film, I was hoping that that was going to be more about what he would deal with. Right. It's like, I can't do this anymore. Like, am I really going to try? Like there was no still in this case, really hesitation on his part. There was no introspection about where he is at in life. And so I was kind of disappointed in a way that it was still like, oh, yes, you know, I'm nearly 80, but I could still kill all of you young pups. You know, well, I mean, uh, I mean, he's a he's a cocksure character that it's like he knows what he's capable of, even at his advanced age that he knows he can outsmart these guys. And that's what it came down to in this movie. Um, because we saw early on, he gets his butt handed to him. Yeah. I mean, also he must have, yeah, yeah, he must have some incredible healing factor to be healed up in four (laughs) days, maybe a week. Like that scar on his cheek was cut deep and, we don't really see it again. It's kind of there, but not like he just had his face cut open. Yeah. I mean, what did Um, you guys think about that scene, by the way, just the way it was set up and staged just from um, a cinematic perspective. uh, You you mean him getting the crap kicked out of him? Well, the lead up to that even. Yeah. Like like he's trying to sneak in and then everywhere he turns, there's more and more people all of yeah. Mexico seemingly against him. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I, if I recall correctly, a guy spotted him on the phone and basically did a ringing saying, hey, there's this creepy guy looking at us. Yeah. And that it was, yeah, he alerted his pals and the rest is history. But um, one of the things that I, I think I struggled with it, but then I got over it because I just like, it's a bad, it's a huge mistake. I call it, it's like a James Bond villain error of, Oh, let the main hero go or delay the main hero's death. It'll all work out for me in the end. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I kind of bought it because he looked at him and said, he's an old man. He's no threat to me. The real punishment is to let him live and suffer with what's just happened here. Right. How he was going for the psychological torture. Yeah. And I kind of bought it on that level and appreciated it on that level. And what you mentioned about him, you know, being uh, Rambo being at the top of his game. I appreciated that he still kind of understood his own physical limits. I feel like a lesser film 
would have had him go straight to Mexico and just have no problem just mowing them all down and being done with it. That's what I partially thought was going to happen, for sure. He partially did that. Yeah. <laughs> he went and only took on as much as he could handle in Mexico. With and, a pair of knives. Yeah, only. and basically, they already had his address. <laughs> right. clear who it was by leaving that picture behind, so the rest of them could come to his turf, and then he could finish the job. You yeah. can't really go and show up at somebody else's house and set a bunch of booby traps. This isn't Home Alone 2. Uh, right. He, he, he had to set up a bunch of traps on his own turf, plenty of time to, pre- to prepare ahead of time. And I just thought it was just kind of brilliant how he did enough damage to make absolutely certain that they would come to him. Yeah. And I mean, like, this is what I have to say, like, you know, because I can't wait to talk about, you know, the last half hour of the movie. But to me, like, there was some very impactful stuff in the idea that Gabriella had that girl, Giselle, who totally turned her over to the bed. The moment I saw her, I knew she had a nefarious reason for bringing her to Mexico. I was almost certain that the father thing was a ruse and that she didn't even find him well and he, yeah. but even after they found him and that went south and she was like oh why don't you come party with me i'm like oh great a okay, rave uh, so was there was there also some version of this script where her father was the kingpin i know because would you expect that it was yeah. teed up for it rambo says the darkness of this man's heart and then we just get this one scene where he steps into the shadows up in her face and goes all dark. Yeah. And then he's he's basically handed his own throat by Rambo there. And, and then he's just like, OK, well, uh, Giselle, uh, her friend. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, because like you said, he was totally set up. That's not what he was. And he literally is just kind of the MacGuffin, right? It's like he's yeah. the thing they, that she went to find. She found him. He said, I got a new family now. I never wanted you go away. It's It kind of reminded me of <laughs> Shazam, of actually. Right. I, it made, made me think of when Billy Batson confronts his mom. Um, you know, but then literally, yeah, then Rambo goes and, and confronts him again. He's like, look, I didn't do anything. Oh, okay. I hate you. Bye. You know, and like, uh, I, to the real I, mission. As I said in my review of Shazam, I've gotten kind of used to them being a sociopath ever since Joe Dirt. They're searching for a long lost parent. That parent turns out to be terrible and doesn't care about the child at all. That's why they left. Well, these children in movies need to see more of the movies we've seen because then they'll (laughs) know don't seek out trouble. So she she's flipped on by Giselle in the club, which it was totally leading to this. And and yes, there is an elephant in the room. This is a very uh, not so great portrayal of Hispanics. Mexicans, uh, they're all but, human but here's the thing, though: human trafficking yeah. and drugging—that—that's across several cultures. Oh, I mean, I, I agree. Um, I, I mean, uh, pretty much every terrorist in the Die Hard movies is white. I mean, I, I just, <laughs> and, and and that's fine. The point I'm making is, if you happen things that permeate lots of cultures, I don't think it's super offensive to every once in a while touch upon. Oh yeah, here's some Mexicans who happen to fit this archetype that also fits with other groups too. You know. So bringing in Adrian Grunberg as the director here rather than Stallone directing it himself, could that be kind of a a choice for this so that he doesn't kind of get in trouble? Because I believe Grunberg himself is Hispanic. It certainly didn't hurt, but I don't know that that was promoted in any way. I don't think that was addressed. But I think, you know, yeah, Rambo has always been fighting against a foreign, you know, situation. You know, it's always been, I'm the all American, you know, killing machine and I'm going to fight the Russians several times. I'm going to take on these Burmese, you know, militant dictators, you know, like, so like he's, he's always going somewhere There's and always fighting someone that is not of some yeah, sort. an American. Yeah. So, so I think it's just, it, that, that is the one thing that I felt like, cause I, cause I kept exploring like, is this really a Rambo film? I mean, you mentioned Taken, right? I'm like, right. It, literally, it's a Taken film mixed with, I think, more so, yes, the Home Alone element. But, like, you get something like uh, Charles Bronson's Death Wish series, like the later films, where mm. it's just like, you know, a family member, something's uh, done that's terrible, and now I'm getting my vengeance. And that's literally, you know, the whole point of the film. It just happens to be someone who's willing and able to to take that vengeance out in a very bloody and violent way. So, 
like I, I as I as I looked at it all, I was just like, huh, okay. I mean, I, I guess this fits as a Rambo film, and in that, you know, again, he's going to a foreign place and, and fighting and and winning. Uh, although in this case, like you say, first time around, he doesn't win on their turf. Um, but but yeah, I, I think it's it's an interesting uh, choice to kind of say, well, this is going to be. Although they mention some of his issues, his psychological things he's still dealing with, you know, I'm keeping a lid on it, all of that. Like, I don't think they dwell on it enough to make this feel like when it, he finally lets go, when he finally really is there to kill people, that, uh, I don't know, that, that, he, that the lid has blown off, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't see the introspection. I don't see the struggle except for a few quotes from this movie where right. replay things that he said to himself or said to her. And then he's hearing him in his head and stuff like that. I don't know. It, it, it was missing that element for me in a lot of ways. Is this kind of his way of like uh end game where the brain and the brawn of the Hulk are put together? Hmm. That's a, that's a good point. Like you say, he's so he doesn't with, go full yeah, beast yeah. mode, but he does it in a smart fashion. Well, he does at that brothel with that hammer, takes the oh, guys geez, out pretty yeah. viciously. Oh. Yeah, it's that been a while a- since I've seen such obvious bone protruding <laughs> in an action film. The collarbone. That scene in the truck where he's oh. prying out the guy's collarbone and yeah. digging his fingers in, and just wow! Like my girlfriend who saw it with me, bless her heart just turned to me like she couldn't believe what she was saying i couldn't blame her <laughs> and that was just a preview of more to come oh yeah that was the tip of the freaking iceberg i mean a, a <laughs> lot of the blood in this obviously was cgi but the graphic nature of it uh yeah so when you saw this what was the crowd makeup of this because when oh, i oh. went um <laughs> let's see when did i go i don't even remember when i went to see this uh <laughs> last week i think it was thursday there were like seven eight people in the theater wow yeah I, my, my theater was packed absolutely packed and unfortunately, it was with complete families. Oh, so wow. you had mom, dad, four-year-old, seven-year-old. Oh, I was just no. like, what is happening here? And they were literally in the row in front of me. Oh. And I was just watching. And luckily, the kids just were so disinterested. They were unaffected by the violence. Because by the time the I... violence started, they were just wandering the aisles. They were oh, so wow. bored. And I was just like, this is not appropriate, guys. That's... <laughs> Adam, what you just described is positively dystopian. Like that, that feels like the type of satire you'd see in a RoboCop movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, come wow. on, kids, we're going to Rambo. <laughs> Let's go play yeah, a board game of Nukem. Yeah, it actually, I tweeted out when, as soon as I saw them, I was just like, you know what? I guess it's time for a reboot of the Rambo cartoon because uh, apparently this group <laughs> thinks it's for kids. Right. But the one thing I will oh. say about the violence um, is for me, just real quick, getting back to your question there, Jeremy, is like with the 2008 film, the violence was more horrific in that, in that they literally showed like tops of heads being blown off, uh, you know, like a leg, you know, a leg being blown off and, and like but they they didn't linger on it but they showed like full effects of people being killed it wasn't just like oh cool kill shot cut cool kill shot cut like you saw <laughs> like the vicious nature of everything and i felt like in this one it was done a little bit more artistically like cinematically action movie style to where you could kind of roll with it a little easier than that it was 2008 film that bloody decapitated head rolling down the highway <laughs> victor's head like, sorry victor like it just uh, i don't get shocked very easily and i gotta say this film shocked me more than i expected to be shocked well <laughs> then one of the final kills that he gets with the guy's head that basically turned into shelves. Um, yeah. I didn't understand what happened there. Let's just get into this now. Like you said, uh, yeah. Colton, yeah. he leaves that picture on a beheaded corpse yeah. and they go, Oh, we have to go get John Rambo now. They still and have so, his ID from when they kicked the crap out of him. Um, yeah. So they take a ride to Arizona and he has set up all his different traps in his tunnels uh, and so that particular one, Jeremy, 
did something just like pass through his face? Is that what happened? Uh, like, so it just something swiped face? through the face. Yes. Yeah, because like they they lingered on it, but I it almost looked like an optical illusion. I couldn't tell what I was looking at, but my audience like gasped. Everybody's like, <gasps> and I was like, I don't know what this is though. I'm not shocked or repulsed. I just I can't. My brain is not computing. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you you wouldn't expect it. Um, yeah, I I don't even know how to explain it. <laughs> like, literally, there were at least three different swipes that were taken out of his face. Um, and you could see chunks of his head in the gaps. Yeah. And And you had guys falling mortal Kombat style onto those like bungee sticks or whatever they're called, you know, like, so they, they landed on those sharpened stuff coming from the ceiling, swinging down, uh, running people through. Colton, did you have a favorite kill? (laughs) Oh, just the endless, Home Alone on crack speed and steroids <laughs> traps below the below the tunnels. I, uh, there was one shot that I wasn't sure how I felt about it because it was so odd. They fall into a hole, land on a bunch of spikes. They're impaled and they're instantly dead. Like they weren't even moving. And yet Rambo still felt the need to go and stand over them and unload a few clips into them. He did that several times. Yes. Yeah. These people are dead. Let me take a few more shots at them, you know. He <laughs> like, had to rack like, up his... Uh... His round count. Uh, yeah, but, sure I mean, so, so I don't know gone. if I have a favorite. I just have a lot of moments <laughs> where I'm just like, wow. Um, well, how'd you please. feel when Ray go, Ray, Rambo uh, cranked up the music, said to pump up the jams? <laughs> yeah, that, very that hilarious. That is a form of torture to throw somebody off balance with really loud music, you know? Yeah. <laughs> While other bad uh, things are happening. Well, and it also kind of... It, it helped to distort where he was in the tunnel. That too. Yes, um, I thought... So too, yeah. It, it was definitely decoy diversion type stuff. Then the guy shoots it out. Hugo does, and then basically he he wipes them out one by one by one by one or two by two many yeah. of the times until it's down to the just he and Hugo and Rambo has taken a couple shots, so he is wounded and he goes to implode the whole tunnel system. Yeah, it's like if you want to live, follow the light, you know, then yeah. he sets it off. Uh, but here, here's what I have to say about that, Jeremy, though, before we get into And I'm that. wondering why, why didn't he just use that first? Yeah, I mean, makes sense, right? You just, <laughs> just take them all out. Granted, I, I'm sure some Somebody would have survived, but well, I, he's using the same tactic as Hugo. He wants but, Hugo to suffer. Yeah, just yeah. Like but, he but I have to admit, my inner Winter Soldier was like, "You couldn't have done that earlier." Yeah, there were some people doing that too. <laughs> but but this is my question though. Because you mentioned Rambo eventually gets shot. And yes, he's finally, like, not totally invincible, right? And so, like, okay, maybe he's being brought down to a human level that he's injured. But this is the question I have for you guys. Did you ever feel like Hugo was an actual threat to Rambo? He's the one pursuing him. He's the main force behind it. Were you worried ever for Rambo? Um, Once once he was wounded, that did up up the uh, the scale a little bit towards Mm -hmm. the potential that this may be his final ride um but at the same time like hugo may have been coming in thinking he's the predator but he was the prey well and we've never seen him do anything violent physically he always everything like colton said was psychological or he had all his henchmen doing the work for him so like to me it's like we never knew that he himself was any type of physical match or threat to rambo and i think that is a a failing of the film if they could have put in at least like three minutes because victor the brother that got decapitated was the guy who was the violent one not hugo so that that kind of it didn't sit well with me as having him be the final boss. That, that's all valid, but me, I would just fill in the gap with this guy's a monster who has literally built an empire, not just of drugs, but from capturing and selling women, human trafficking. That alone makes you dangerous enough if you can do that and be, be a kingpin at that, mm. you know? But that's just my imagination. So you don't have to actually be Wilson Fisk where we see you slam people's heads into car doors and other things. Yes and no, because at the same time, you have to figure that with as violent as everything is down there, to get to where he is, he had to have gotten his hands dirty at some point. Mm -hmm. And to be the top dog, he had to have had the dirtiest hands at some point Mm -hmm. Um, between him and Victor. So um, then how do you feel about his come up? So basically imploding the tunnels, flushing him out into the barn 
um, making it a last stand. And of course, breaking out the bow. Um, I was cool. <laughs> totally waiting for Vic, uh, for Hugo to raise the gun and fire at him, though, because watching the 73-year-old Stallone draw back on that bow was uh, kind <laughs> of unrealistic. Drawn out. Yes, definitely drawn out. But um, um, so he pins him to the back wall, then, uh, yeah, breaks out his knife and slices open the chest, performs open heart surgery, and rips out his still beating heart. <laughs> the fact that he actually ripped out the heart and just held it there, that, I was just like, oh, That no. symbolism was pretty on the nose. Yeah, it felt like this, you know, like that whole thing. You're like, okay. Scarlet but... was the end of Age of Ultron. <laughs> Yes, very... which which I, I got emotional and cried at that. This one, I was cringing, keeping in the laughter. I was just like, oh, no, Stallone. Well, like that oh. whole last 30 minutes, it wasn't the, maybe it was just, I'm, uh, I don't know how to put it, but I wasn't weirded out by any of the, the graphic nature of it. I was laughing audibly. Oh, me too. I, I loved it. At each of these random kills. Yeah. And and so when he pulls out the heart, I'm like, oh, finally. <laughs> um <laughs> And so it wasn't as much an emotional beat, but it was more uh, a victory is mine kind of thing. I know, but I was just flashing back to whether it was Temple of Doom or Dumb and Dumber when Jim Carrey rips out the guy's heart and puts it in a doggy bag. Like, that's all I could think of when that happened, when he's literally (laughs) holding it in his hand. Oh, it's a good thing you told me about this after the movie. If you told me (laughs) I wouldn't be able to unthink that. Yes, uh... But, but I, did you guys like the just the intensity of that moment? I mean, did it did it aside from the laughing? Like, were you like, OK, you know, like at least I, I bought was, it was there a satisfying release. But I really hope the title is true and that this is the last blood because I think it went out on as good of a note as I could possibly. Uh, yeah. So about that, I <laughs> man, when he got in the rocker, which was what his dad used to do. Uh, and he was just sitting there in the rocker. How do you know? Wait, 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 wait. Where do you know this from? I'm, His I'm, dad used to sit in a rocker. I'm, I've heard other podcasts mention it. What, according to a book? According to what? Well, like, that's what I'm saying. They, they don't spell it out. So it's just like, what was the significance of this rocking chair on a porch? It, it looked like it. the equivalent of horses riding off into the sunset, but instead he's just looking at the sunset. I, I That's the vibe I got. Yeah, let's get to that. <laughs> well, okay, now hold on. Uh, it was it was now playing that was saying that uh, it was sitting in the rocker like his father did. Uh, blame those guys if that's if I got some bad information. All right, Arnie, you tell yeah. us what it's all about. I, I listened to the first 15 minutes, and then I said I'm not going to be influenced for our <laughs> for Well, our, I, uh, I listened. Review, so. <laughs> that's how I listened to the other Rambo retrospective, uh, caught up on all those, yeah. uh, was through them. But basically, I kind of hearken back to the end of uh, Breaking Bad. I thought this was going to be his Heisenberg moment where he sits in the rocker and dies of the wounds that he took. And that would be the end. He's in the rocker, just kind of fade to black thing. The credits start and we kind of go through shots from each of the other ones. And then we start seeing shots from the movie we just saw. (laughs) And then they have this extra scene in there where it's Rambo riding off into the sunset on a horse bleeding Um, where were you going rambo (laughs) hopefully for medical attention well now here's here's my dissection of that final scene because i'm going to literally read here what his his narration is right i've lived in a world of death I tried to come home, but I never really arrived. A part of my mind and soul got lost along the way, but my heart was still here, where I was born, where I would defend to the end the only family I've ever known, the only home I've ever known. All the ones I've loved are now ghosts, but I will fight to keep their memory alive forever. That is not what this movie is about. No. (laughs) That has nothing to do with this movie. Uh, yes, you're at your childhood home. The end. I that that the fact that Stallone had to put that narration in at the end, I was just like, oh, you have ruined the artistic merit that this film could have had if he would have just sat in the rocker and taken a cue from Blade Runner 2049, where Kay is just laying on the steps in the snow, 
we don't know did he die did he not die it just you know zooms out from him like that would have been so powerful rambo just sitting in the chair and we don't know what happened next we don't see him right in the sunset you know like none of that like that would have been a perfect way to end this film and he just couldn't leave well enough alone he just had to hit it harder and harder like yes right. come on well and, and, like, oh, and i mean when he's even talking with maria uh the girl's aunt um she asks him what well, where will you go and he's like uh, basically wherever the wind blows like kind of kind of statement that he's just gonna kind of do the drifter thing again and so when he when he survives this I don't know if maybe he took a nap and woke up later in the rocking chair and then decided I'll get on my horse and go. But just just like the scene you're describing there, Adam, Breaking Bad ended the same way. Like you end with Heisenberg on the ground bleeding and panning up and away. And it's just classy. Yeah, it's graceful. What Stallone does is not graceful in any way. He's like, this is my moment. I'm, you know, like, I'm the hero. Yeah. Adrian, we get it. Yeah, yeah, Adrian, yeah. That's his Adrian moment. (laughs) It would have been good if his horse was named Adrian. Come on. Oh, he's Troutman. Troutman. We did it. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately, like, because honestly, like, I'll, I'll, I was enjoying, like you said, Jeremy, like, that final run through the tunnels, everything was just so out there but so fun and you get to that moment it's like oh it's going to be poignant and it was not poignant in any way and so like to me like they what basically what was said uh, as i understand it is stallone originally came out and said no this is definitely the last rambo film but then he kind of retracted that leading up to its release and said well if it does well enough i guess rambo no. could come back again no. and that's why he's riding off into the sunset yeah because he, he has to describe what the heck just happened yeah. to the federales and the uh, border patrol um <laughs> well speaking of well is there a potential for another one? Uh, this one had a production budget of about $50 million and through now, a worldwide gross of $37 million. So, yep. ooh, it's kind of trickling Downton in. Abbey. How do you beat Downton Abbey? That's well, hard. Man. Downton Abbey was a limited, like, one, two-night run, wasn't it? It was like the weekend. Oh, is that all it was? Yeah. Uh, and that's why it think, beat it over the weekend. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it it is up against Ad Astra. Um, that one may end up beating it next weekend, but Rambo's going to be kind of a trickle in movie. Sure, yeah. Just but, internationally, these films. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I, there's actually a, a very fascinating documentary on Amazon video prime. You know, if Ooh. anybody has that, that has to do with eighties action films, specifically Rambo in Russia during the cold war (laughs) and how like there was this whole underground VHS video market and like, you know, people like, cause you weren't allowed to have any of these things. And it was all this bootleg stuff. And people had these secret watch parties for Rambo films, but people enjoyed the Rambo films, even though he's fighting the Russians and the Rocky films. Like it's, it's really, you should check it out. I I don't have the, uh, the title uh, off the top of my head, but if you, if you look for it, you should be able to find it there. This is a documentary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That sounds oh, yeah, It is. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely share it uh, in our social media for those who are interested. Cause I was just like, this is fascinating, <laughs> slightly more fascinating than possibly this film. But are we going to get into that, Jeremy? Are we, are we at our final, uh, destination? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I would... I, can I add one more thing about, I really enjoyed the portrayal of Rambo's niece. She wasn't too over much of a cherub, too much of an angel. And she wasn't too obnoxiously rebellious. She struck a really nice pattern of balance that actually made me a little bit sad when she passed away, when they kind of Obi-Wan'd her. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a term I use for <laughs> when they need somebody removed. Because so, a lot of people don't know this. The very first draft of Star Wars, Obi-Wan was supposed to survive to the end. And to have this noble warrior standing around doing nothing during the attack on the Death Star, Lucas didn't think that felt right. So he's like, why don't we have him sacrifice himself, you know, and... So that I felt like that kind of happened with her because what's going to happen to her when the time comes for Rambo to fight everybody? Is he going to like send her away and um, to have her death be, you know, this sad, tragic moment? I thought it all. I don't know if you guys were moved by that, but me, I felt pretty moved by that. And I liked that they brought in this journalist who's a, who's portrayed by Paz Vega. She was in the Adam Sandler movie Spanglish. Yeah. Yes. 
And I'm tired of that Hollywood cliche where they bring in somebody who's attractive, who helps move the plot forward, and then they just kind of force them to be a love interest. And I like that this film didn't do that. They didn't try to make her into a love interest for Rambo. She was genuinely there to help, to inform. Hey, yeah, to more, more. Be, be uh, part of his journey. They're a little bit contradictory because she was kind of helping him while saying this isn't a good idea at the same time. But I like that she wasn't just a love interest. I'm so tired of Hollywood forcing good looking people together simply because. It, it's kind of like she was brought in to do dialogue because there was a lot of stuff that mm, Sylvester Stallone wasn't going to be able to say. Um, and and she does introduce basically the way that Gabriella passes by saying, yeah, my sister was taken and they overdosed her and that's how she died. Um, <sighs> so they, they basically uh, foretold us what was going to happen to Gabriella. And when we see really? her, because yeah. to have her be rescued and to have her be OK, and she was she was a little shaken, but she seemed very alive. And then to have her die on the way home, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, that surprised me, too. Actually, I thought she would survive to, to, to find her dead or to, find, or to have it, yeah. her to have her die shortly after he discovers her. Yeah, I, I would totally see your point. But to have her die halfway home while in the truck, that caught me off guard. Well, I mean, the the way she was when she when he found her and also the amount of holes in her arm there, like you could just tell that it wasn't going to end well with her. Um, so I, I was at least predicting that that's how it was going down. I mean, the moment is as soon as she said that that's how her sister died, I was like, Ugh. I mean, this this is very simple dialogue wise movie. So yeah. uh, this is not going to be nominated for any screenplay Oscars the way James Cameron's Rambo screenplay was. Right. Um, but, any final words on this? That I kind of hope this is the last one because I feel like it kind of mirrors the sensibility. It's not a, it's not a terrific film like First Blood was, but it mirrors the sensibility of it being very personal. The, the three films in the middle are all about big stakes, international intrigue dealing with guerrilla armies and foreign governments. And, you know, it, it kind of was going for epic. First Blood and Last Blood feel very personal and very local. Uh, a very good sense? bookend. Yeah. It, so it really kind of hits home with, with him. Yeah. So I kind of hope this is the last one, artistically speaking. Plus, those box office numbers you rattled off are not super encouraging. So Right. And, I mean, based on the books, uh, Rambo wasn't strong. Oh wasn't supposed and to the survive author, the first the author one either. hates this movie. Oh, good. I think I saw a headline where he yeah. walked out of this one. Yeah, he he hates this movie and uh, it doesn't sound like he's being too picky either. It, it feels like it, the Rambo character has really gone in a direction that he's not super crazy about and all all the more reason to just let the book end lie. Well, I mean, Adam, you you do a lot of the novelizations for movies, right? Yes. Uh, the funny thing was the the author wrote the original book. It was made into First Blood, but they changed the ending for him to survive. Then right. when they come back for two and three, they bring back the original author and he writes the novelization for them. Right. And I have Rambo three, which actually includes illustrations <laughs> of Rambo's <laughs> weapons in the in the book itself, like on the pages. Oh, wow. I was like, oh, that's it. This is knife is there. His gun is there. Like, I was like, huh, that's interesting. I've never seen that before. Well, and. And even somebody who has not seen the other ones, like they're in the opening shots of this one as he's walking through the house, they linger on so much. Basically, the whole history of Rambo, um, because we've been trained by Marvel and other studios that, you know, when we linger on a shot, there's definitely something in the background for you to see. And so you were picking up medals and photos and the knives, the various knives that he's used. Um any final thoughts there, Adam? Well, I have to say, I know I kind of gave this movie a hard time throughout this. I'm pointing out plot holes and other issues. But bottom line for me, I did enjoy watching this movie. Like the fact that it was just boom, 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 boom. I didn't have time while I was watching it to break it down. And, you know, if, aside from a few, you know, like the heart ripping scene and everything <laughs> else. You know, like There are a few that really stood out. But overall, like I was just like, you know what? For a basic action movie, this was very satisfying from like, you know, I want justice. He got justice, you know, like seemingly a little bit of that bloodlust and everything else. So I 
felt overall, you know, like that it was an enjoyable film to watch uh, from that perspective. And like I say, it was only with a few days to really mull it over and kind of consider a lot of things. Right. I was like, well, it's not really that great a movie. It had potential to be. Um, But I, I feel like as far as Rambo movies go, it's not, a hundred percent on the level. Like I say, there wasn't the level of introspection, everything that I would have maybe enjoyed, but I think just, if you're going to say, was it a decent piece of entertainment? It was, if, if for nothing else, just those, those tunnel traps, you know, like you said, you get a little giddy watching each one <laughs> go <laughs> off. And so I, I had a fun time with that. And I, I, I certainly would, uh, if anybody's like, well, should I go see it? I'd be like, yeah, see this movie. I the mean, exploding will... driveway. I really like that. I forgot to mention that. That I was really... very cool. They all yeah. pull up their hovers. <laughs> but uh, all right. yeah, I, I'd give it a seven out of 10 total. I really, I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it and it gets the job done. You take out the credits. This movie's a brisk 80 minutes. There's hardly an ounce of fat on this movie. It gets the job done. All right. Any final review there, Adam? Uh, I mean, if I, if I am giving it a score, I think I'd land probably with Colton as well. Seven out of 10. I mean, got to take a few points off for, uh, you know, a little bit of ridiculousness, but the emotional core is there and the performances are strong. There was nobody in this movie. Where I'm like, oh, well, they just hired him because he's super buff. And they had to put him in this moment. You know, it's just like, no, everybody was intimidating or everybody was, you know, somewhat sympathetic. And so I, I definitely would say strong film overall, but definitely nothing can beat first blood and maybe not as iconic as you know rambo first blood part two so i would put this third in my ranking of rambo films all right i'm sitting hmm uh probably a low six like not a six and a half eh, just above a six probably a 6.1 i mean if i had to break it down um plot wise very transparent but I did enjoy once once it got cooking. It's just slowing some parts, gets slow going, lots of dialogue to kind of push push us forward. But aside from that, definitely if you got time and you have <laughs> some dollars burning a hole in your pocket, go see it at least. Um, a matinee. Yeah. And then if not, hit it up on Redbox when you're done. It'll probably go to Netflix or Amazon or somebody uh, to stream here within a few months uh, i don't see it lasting in theaters too long so with that we let you ride off into the sunset and we hope that this is the last we've seen of john rambo yo wait oh whoops wrong franchise <laughs> we thank you for listening to this episode of sequel quest and invite you to continue the fake movie fun on social media submit your ideas for future episodes to sequelquestpod at gmail.com or sqpod on twitter the films and characters discussed on sequel quest are the property of their respective studios and license holders no copyright infringement is intended this has been a presentation of the retro network <laughs>